Andy Bell. Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? Why is everything so damn expensive? Too many people are having a job. What? Four years ago, my rent was $1,200 a month at a luxury apartment complex. It is now $2,100, not even including utilities. Working people were making too much money. What? I went to the grocery store yesterday, right, and got three bags of chips, some ground turkey, and some vegetables, and it was $67. Now, months after months and months of bringing inflation down. What? My car insurance from four years ago until now, without nothing on my driver's record, has gone from $130 to $240 per month. And it's no accident. What? Three years ago, my electric bill was averaging $45. Now it's averaging $125. I mean, a guy can't even buy a can of dip for less than $8. $8 for a can of dip? Three hours of bold truth and excellence. You've just signed up for the WBR Army. Welcome aboard. This is the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Oh my goodness. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted to have you with us. Remember the podcast, Wendy Bell Radio, wherever you get your favorite listening material. Like us, follow us, five-star review us, but share us with somebody in your life. That's how we take over the world. <laughs> okay, so this E. Jean Carroll woman, piece of work, piece of work. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of the ridiculousity of this lawsuit against Donald Trump, and yes, that is a word today. I think we should flash back to the time that she was on with Anderson Cooper on CNN. And if you didn't think that this woman was a wackadoodle back then, look, I don't think that allegations of rape ought to be taken lightly. I think she is, woo. And so this is what she, she's leaning into Anderson Cooper, who's trying to get away from her, right? And she says this, which we all thought was super duper gross and very disturbing. Go. People think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. What? Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. Mm, Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What in the heck was that? Anderson Cooper trying and failing. Uh, And we need to take a break. (laughs) Uh, I hear something in my ear. It's called cut. Fade to black. She's a wacko. Okay. What has Donald Trump said about her? Well, she alleges he raped her in a, in a dressing room in some department store 35 whatever years ago in New York. And he's like, who? Who? She's not my type. Oh, coming after the victim. What? So in the world of crazy, crazy town, a judge decides to rule, well, you know, I'm not really getting the vibe that there was a rape that took place, but we don't like Donald Trump either, so you're going to get $5 million because we said so. Oh, that makes sense. Well, I think we should also put up a little overlay. It's a it's a tweet. It almost makes it feel like the decision for E. Jean Carroll to go after Donald Trump uh, and allege that he cornered her and raped her in a in a dressing room. Look at this. Senator Brad 
Hoyleman Siegel. Who's ready to pass the Adult Survivors Act today? This was tweeted out on April 26, 2022, which gave an extra year. New York Democrats decided to suspend the statute of limitations on civil sexual assault cases for one year to allow E. Jean Carroll to sue President Trump. And he tags her in the tweet. So we're going to make a rule change to allow this to happen. It's almost like it's so planned because it is. Woof. This is so despicable. And I want to read you this article because apparently there's now an expert, sort of like the expert at the border who's never been to the border who decide they can testify about the border that they've never been to because that makes sense, right? Sort of like the, the newspaper reporter sitting in his cubicle who is trying to tell me how I should or should not celebrate the survival of nine men trapped underground for 77 hours because he's ever gotten out in the field. Got it. Sort of like the expert in this case with E. Jean Carroll dragging Donald Trump into yet another courtroom because this is the play. If you can't beat the guy in the marketplace in the field of ideas because you hate America and you try to destroy it and he stands in your way and you can't get him off the ballot and you can't have enough people make up garbage about him, well, let's come up with an arbitrary dollar amount that equals the harm to your reputation. Did you guys know that that your reputational damage has a dollar figure award to it? I didn't either. According to Business Insider, though, E. Jean Carroll needs to make up to what? $12.1 million out of this lawsuit with Donald Trump in order to fix her damaged reputation because Trump has defamed her. This is, we have a mother sitting next to another mother testifying before a House Oversight Committee grieving the loss of their children. I I don't know how you're ever vertical again after you lose a child. And they've taken time to appear before a House Committee to relive for the 75 millionth time that loss. And we have E. Jean Carroll trying to squeeze Donald Trump out of millions of dollars so that she can stay in the spotlight and be relevant and be a, a cog in the wheel of the establishment machine which has but one focus, aside from destroying America, and that is to dismantle Donald Trump. And I am disgusted by that. This is Business Insider. If E. Jean Carroll wants to clean up the mess Donald Trump has made of her reputation, that's the lead. Donald Trump has made a mess of her reputation. It would require a bill of up to $12.1 million. An expert testified at their defamation trial Thursday. The trial is being held in downtown Manhattan, a federal courtroom there, over two statements to 
Donald Trump made in 2019 defaming Carol when he called her a liar for alleging that he raped her in the mid-1990s. Do you understand that as a man, according to this nonsense, as a man today, you do not have a defense. If I say you raped me, you are guilty. You have no defense. And if you say I didn't do it, you're guilty for defaming my good name. How dare you? How dare you say that I lied? It's almost like this was a slippery slope years ago when Me Too had its five minutes in the spotlight. But Me Too has kind of scurried away like cockroaches when the lights come on. Now that the transgender nonsense has fiddled with women's rights, the vagina hat wearers have seemingly lost their way. To calculate how much the jury ought to award Carol in compensation, Carol's legal team hired Ashley Humphreys, a professor of consumer sentiment at Northwestern University. <laughs> okay, to calculate how much, how many people saw those statements. And we have to say, okay, there is a perceived damage quotient, right? And it, it depends on how many people had access to Donald Trump's tweets. So we're going to use Donald Trump's popularity and his reach with tens of millions of followers to put some kind of a dollar figure on this, what, algorithm of sock? Please. According to the, this is what she did. She added up the viewership of tweets, articles, TV broadcasts, and other media. She said those two denials from Trump saying, I didn't rape her, right? She's a liar. She says apparently him saying that reached up to 104.1 million people. This is your arbitrary spot on the middle of the, of the football field. I think it happened here. Okay. Humphreys considered it an undercount. She said, because her examination didn't capture media organizations that paraphrase Trump's denial of the rape and disparagement of Carol as a liar. Humphreys then estimated the cost of a reputation repair campaign, <laughs> which would essentially amount to an advertising campaign across different media platforms that would try to persuade them to believe Carol. <laughs> Do you guys see this? Because of the political valence around Trump's denials, it would be hard to change public's, the public's mind, Humphrey said. She suggested Carol could place messages with influencers trusted among Trump's audience, like Joe Rogan and Candace Owens, and pay for advertisements to appear multiple times. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a serious, serious mental illness problem in this country. And that the justice system is ensconced in it, that is embroiled in it, that has got its feet, it's stuck in the quagmire of filth. You're going to try to put a dollar amount on this. And that dollar amount, ladies and gentlemen, $12.1 million. And we wonder why House Republicans can't get their crap together and fix the freaking border. Hmm. I don't know about you, I'm mystified. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, how's that living in California thing going? Gavin Newsom wants to be president, don't you know? Well, we're going to take a little look at uh, the public education there, why California parents uh, are making some pretty big moves. It ain't looking good next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. 
sometimes I like to ask rhetorical questions, and it's like, um, how's that living in California thing going? Not so well. What? How about this headline? Thousands of schools risk closure due to massive enrollment loss. This is actually very interesting. This is called parents pushing back. And it's a lot of black parents and Hispanic parents. Over 1,400 schools in California saw a drop in enrollment of at least 20% during the pandemic, according to this report. And it's only gotten worse because everybody found out, wait, our state of education is awful. Why are we doing this again? Right? It's not complicated. A new report shows that thousands of school districts risk closure due to massive enrollment loss. The warning stems from an analysis of national enrollment data by the Brookings Institution and some reporting from the 74. Whatever the 74 is, I don't know. Their analysis came after Brookings researchers found a decline in elementary and middle school enrollment, a one-fifth loss of their enrollment. These are staggering numbers, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever would have precipitated such a mass exodus from the public education system of California? Well, if I was a gambling woman, I would go with a couple things. Gavin Newsom saying everybody had to be vaccinated. Why would we do that? Well, now we know all of the dangers involved with that decision. All of the reasons why children really ought not be vaccinated against all of these viruses. That might have been one reason. How about the failing test scores? How about kids not being able to read? How about kids failing and being passed to the next grade? How about that? Let's go on with the story. Enrollment declines are everywhere, Brookings Institution fellow blah, blah, blah said. The report also noted, this is crazy, that Jackson Public Schools, wherever the hell that is, voted to close 11 schools and merge two of them. This is worse than the Catholic priest pedophile debacle, right? Where we saw, oh my gosh, people are pulling away from the Catholic Church. Why? Because it's embarrassing. We didn't sign up for this. What? You people just move priests from parish to parish because nobody can speak the truth? Because it's such a dark, dark and dirty underground of yuck? Pull people, pull their kids out. All of a sudden, people pull their kids out. People stop going to church. People stop giving money. Oh, no. Churches have to close. And all of a sudden, all the consolidate in your educate public education system, ladies and gentlemen. Do you want to know where all of these kids are going? Charter schools. Charter schools where predominantly black parents and Hispanic parents have said, we would rather be there than with you a cataclysmic collapse in the money the federal government will give to california on a per pupil basis i think in pennsylvania or even in pittsburgh in my public school system each child who sits their little hiney in a seat at a public school is the equivalent of something like 15 to 18 thousand dollars or more a year from the government 
They make money off of your kids. It's a great money laundering operation. Well, it certainly isn't yielding any dividends. It's not like we're crushing it on the world stage of education. We have kids who are more mobilized to go protest in favor of Hamas than they are to say, you know what? I just I just need basic skills, yo. I just don't need you to tell me I should transition and not tell my parents. Huh. The decline forces administrators to make budget cuts to extracurricular activities to cut labor or merge classrooms. Over 1,400 schools in California saw a drop of at least 20%. The phenomenon driven by all sorts of factors, including record low birth rates. That's what they want. And high costs of living, especially in Silicon Valley. Why ever would you live there? Enrollment at the San Francisco Unified School District dropped from 53,000 students in 2012 to 49,000 students today. 4,000 students? What? On top of enrollment, the school district has reportedly faced numerous challenges, ranging from a severe financial crisis and a staff shortage. Well, I don't know. Maybe if we were less worried about being a sanctuary state for everybody and his brother who either wants to cut something off or stitch it on or come from a foreign country and have safe harbor. Aww. Maybe this wouldn't be going on. This is purposeful. All bit built by design, of course. It's almost like when a fire sparks during a really, really bad storm. And the fire spreads with such ferocity, people had never seen such a, a raging inferno, uh, like a crematory. Oh, what's going on in Lahaina, ladies and gentlemen? All those people who lost their homes, they're getting their checks to rebuild, all those building permits coming out? No, not a one. We've got the breaking developments live with our guy, Phil. From Lahaina, Maui, next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. You know, one of those stories we're not supposed to ask questions about because the media sure isn't is what really happened in Lahaina. What happened to those people? What happened to the 2,207 homes that burned down? What, what's going on with the rebuilding? Why is nobody talking about this? You need somebody on the inside. And our guy, we're going to give him the name Phil. We don't want to expose him to the people of Maui. Uh, but we do want him, and he's joining us. It's 4.30 in the morning, Hawaiian time. Hello, Phil. Welcome back to the show, sir. How are you? Aloha, Wendy. How are you? Thank you for having me back. You know, I follow you, and uh, the things that you post online are breathtaking. Give us an update on the whole, the home building front, the permits, the, the insurance compensation, all of this stuff. What's going on in Lahaina? It's been five months. I'm sure there's been lots of progress. Uh, no, nothing. We just basically, after the whole five months, let's just say yesterday we just started. Wait, what? Uh yeah, yeah. They finally um, the the first house in Waikuli, which is the northern area of Lahaina, which which burned, um, was able to actually. There was one house that was able to get everything bulldozed out, and all the homeowners have to wait for the Army Corps of Engineers to go to their home, bulldoze everything out before they can get a permit to even uh, rebuild. So the rebuilding process realistically started yesterday with one home. 
meanwhile, where is everybody who survived this fire, who knows their stuff is gone? Where are they? What, what are they? Are they getting any answers from your local government? Um, well, I mean, here's the thing. It's like off and on. They'll get an answer, but that answer will never come to reality. You know, it's, it's a lot of gaslighting. There's a lot of lies that are going on right now. Um, generally, what's, what's supposed to happen is basically all the people that are housed right now are either in the hotels or have been kicked out of the hotels for stupid reasons um, and live on the beach. So literally there's so many residents right now that live across, live on so many different beaches all over Maui right now. Um, we have a huge homeless uh, rate that's rising right now. Um, we are the... Basically, we're 50th in the nation for homelessness. Uh, you know, it's like we're, we're, we're dead last. We have the highest homeless rate. We just, we just beat California. And it's really tough to see that happening, but no one can get into housing. There's, there's no housing anywhere. So if you have people living ostensibly in tents on, on the beach, that's the answer? That's how America takes care of its people? Where are people using bathrooms? How are they... How's that happening? Well, there are public bathrooms. You know, at there's a mall known as Whalers Village. It's right next to Kanapali Beach. Um, so people are using actually the showers there and the bathrooms there. But, I mean, it's one of those things. They have no choice. What are they supposed to do? Maui right now, not too many people are getting aid. There's no financial assistance for most. So what generally happens if you're not getting money, you're kind of stuck. A lot of people are stuck in a position to where they can't do anything. They can't go left or right. They can't move. You know, the only option for them is run out of money, whatever they have left, which is about to happen here by next month when unemployment runs out for most of them. But at the same time, it's like if you don't have a choice of moving into another location and you're on unemployment or your job is not, you know, having you work full-time like you did before the fires, people are really, really low on funds right now. So what's, what's happening is no one's got any money to move or do anything. So everyone's just waiting on the government's kind of response for it. And what the government's response for it is, we're going to just ignore you. Let us know when you move. And what they want is, of course, the land to do whatever they, they want. And, and does everybody understand that, of course? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody here, they, I mean, they call it the Josh Green land grab. You, you, Hawaii it, is one of the most heavily Democrat voting states in America. Do, do you think that the folks there who've been displaced, the people who are trying to help out, do they realize what they voted for, that they voted for a government that doesn't care? So Hawaii is kind of unique in a way as far as, like, voting goes. Um, generally, a lot of the Hawaiian population, you know, the sovereign Hawaiian population, they don't vote. They believe that, you know, Hawaii was legally overthrown as it was, and they're just waiting for the country to kind of get back to them. But at the same time, they don't want any part of the country, you know, of the state. And that's a small group. You know, you have many people that do vote. A lot of people that do vote actually on Maui right now, specifically for Lahaina, we're all Trump supporters. 
That's how fast it switches. You know, there's a lot of Republicans here on the outer islands, Kauai, Big Island, Maui, Molokai, Lanai. Oahu, however, is our city, Honolulu. And it's just like any other city, you know, on the mainland. It's heavily Democrat-run. Yeah. It's like San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. And there's no way the populations on the surrounding islands can beat the population on Oahu. So no matter what, they always get the votes. They're the ones that make the decisions for the rest of the island. But, I mean, we also have a saying here. Did Biden get 81 votes, 81 million votes? We have corruption here, too, as well. We have a lot of questions that need to be answered as far as voting. And, you know, there are people diligently working on all the troubles and all the illegal things and the corruption and everything that's out there, but it's all hidden. It's not like it's going to be on the mainstream news. Right. Where are the, where are the kids? What happened to all the kids? September. There was 49 kids reg, uh, that weren't registered to go back to school. By October, a month later, I don't know how it happened, but the news reports started coming out that there was 500 kids that haven't reported back to school. Now, on our end here, everyone says, oh, you know, if, you, if you're reading the reports, it's saying more than 100 dead. For some reason, they don't want to get that 100 count up higher than what it really is. In Lahaina, here on the west side, we can guarantee you that's going to be 500 to 700 dead. Now, 500 kids haven't showed up. Where are they? They haven't contacted their parents. They haven't done I mean, nobody knows where these kids are, and nobody knows where their parents are. You had multi-generational families that perished in their home, and that's it. There goes the record. Who's going to say, oh, my God, my son is missing? I could throw up. You know? So, I mean, it's, it's the counts are way off. No one's giving you an accurate count. You're not even allowed to question it still. So Pelletier, Chief Pelletier, MPD, um, news agencies and news reporters want to talk to them and everything. First off, if you're not a Hawaii news media, they're not going to even talk to you. They're not even going to respond to your email. You know, they'll give you like the public, just ignore like, oh, you can get your information from here. But if you're Hawaii news media and you're trying to talk, talk to uh, Chief Pelletier about anything in Maui, He'll literally tell you right off the bat, we are not talking about the Lahaina fires. Let's move on. So for for some reason, no one wants to talk about it. They're all avoiding it. They're all ignoring it. You're not allowed to report on it. You're not allowed to ask questions about it. And they're definitely not going to talk about it. So the counts are forever going to be like this. We're never going to have an accurate count because they're never going to give us one. I just, I'm so sick. And the thing that is also such a punch is that there was a fire, there was a storm and a fire before this most recent one, I think in 2018. And there was yeah. no, there was no modification, no changes made before, you know, this fire happened. And there's still no emergency action plan, if I'm not mistaken, Phil, uh, that's even been put to, on paper since. They don't care. Correct. Correct. The only emergency plan that we've seen them do is have guys go out with lawnmowers on the sides of the roads and cut down the grass, which with all the rain we just recently had, all that grass is back up to where it was. Yesterday, we had a fire in Paia. Nothing has been done. They don't care. They know that the islands are going to burn. I mean, there's nothing they can do. 
you know, the causes of their policies for the past 60 years, and even beyond that, going back to the plantation era. You know, when they, about five, six years ago, I believe it was, I'm sorry, actually about seven, eight years ago, um, they removed the cane fields, so no more sugar cane in Hawaii. And what happened there was they just left the land. Nobody was leasing it. No one was doing anything. These grasses kind of heavily grew into it. But, I mean, by negligence, they knew that Huge if a power hazard. line hits these yeah. gases, it's going to spark up and, you know, destroy a town. And they did not do anything. You, you live in one of the most beautiful places on planet Earth. And the juxtaposition of the beauty versus the hellscape of the treatment of the people, it leaves me almost speechless, Phil. Yeah, it's it's literally. I mean, it's paradise prison. Paradise. But you've prison. never done a felony. <gasps> yeah, yeah. It's paradise prison. They're gonna keep you here. They're gonna take all your money, and when all your money's gone, homelessness is your next route. I mean, that's how a lot of people here here are. It's like no one can go out and get a job right now. You know, most of the places that we're hiring were in the tourism world. Tourism hasn't really returned back to Maui. You know, not too many people, and I mean, we can understand people don't want to fly out for their vacation and be surrounded by fire victims in their hotel, not be able to go to the beach in front of their hotel, and everywhere they go, you know, it's it's a hardship. You, know, you have a lot of people that lost their homes. Why would anyone want a vacation around that right now? People love Maui. People want to, you know, make sure that Maui gets rebuilt and everything first, but the whole thing is... No one is speeding through this process. Wendy, one home, one home yesterday got bulldozed. Why didn't they bulldoze a whole block? You have the time. <laughs> you know there's nothing else going on but one home. It's, and it's almost six months. I, I, don't even know, I don't even know what to say. Uh, how can we help? Oh, my God. Well, we out here, I mean, we're still donating direct to the people, but right, it's getting to the point to where everybody needs help. You know, so at this point, I mean, we do have gifts and goes. Um, you can follow my account for all your listeners. I'm Resident Alien HI on uh, X or Twitter. Um, I do have the gifts and go kind of tagged. Uh, or pinned um, on my post if anyone does want to uh, continue and donate and help us out. But other than that, it's the only thing we can do now is keep spreading the word. Do your job, Wendy. Get the information out there. I will. Because people really need to hear this. And, I mean, it's gotten to that level. So if, you, if, if people do send us money, it's going to help someone pay their bill. Right. It's going to help someone not have their car repossessed or put food in their belly or you know, something or other. It's never but the government. The, that's the solution, Phil. It's the people. You come on back, yeah. okay? You join me again? Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Now go get some sleep. It's 4.30 in the morning where you are. Oh, my gosh. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Let's digest for a minute what we just heard. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Isn't it, isn't it staggering when you consider what that gentleman we just spoke with has done for the, the folks, the, the fire victims survivors in Lahaina, he has done more 
than the government. And so we wonder why, if we just look at Maui as a microcosm or the islands in general as a microcosm, it's the same thing here on the mainland. It's the same thing as what happened to East Palestine, Ohio. They don't even pretend. Do you remember when Pete Buttigieg got, he got browbeaten, he got shamed, embarrassed into finally coming and he showed up with his stupid vest and his dumb hard hat, right? And safety goggles. I'm like, dude, what you need is a ventilator or like a whatever, an oxygen tank. And it was just so a photo op. It was some just blowhardy, uh, you know, picture. Oh, here we are. Oh, we're here now. And, and we're shocked. Not really. That our government would be ambivalent and almost annoyed that it was brought up. Where are the 85,000 unaccompanied minors that, that, have, that have made it into this country? who have been molested along the way. Where'd they go? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's Republicans' fault. We've been trying to fix the border that. (laughs) I don't know. That's not an answer. And in my mind, I have this, I have this image of like Shrek. If you have kids, you've seen the movie Shrek. Where all of the townspeople think that they're going to go kick the ogre out of the swamp. Ah, Right? So they all get together. ah, And off they go. Where is our one for all and all for one? Where is that all of us? What is it? What is that moment going to be? It's going to be a moment. What is it going to take? It wasn't enough that they put a virus on us. Let's talk honestly. It wasn't enough that they've corrupted our elections. It isn't enough that they purport to be servants of the people every day with their stupid lapel pins as, as they wear kente cloths and take a knee, right? It's not enough. What's enough? It's not enough that Josephine Dunn goes and testifies before a committee where Dan Goldman wants to get into a semantics game with her Over the death of her daughter on her 29th birthday. Like, we know that they don't care. What is going to be that moment? What will, what will it take? And it scares me. What will it take? So that's where my mind is. Commonly. During this program, it's to ask the questions, well, where is everybody? Well, why did everybody get channeled onto the same road, the same four-lane highway that the police blocked so that people were sitting, trapped in their vehicles, and then those who jumped into the ocean saw fire behave in a very unusual way. It jumped in after them. And it burned all the boats. But it burned very specific areas. An area that a government has wanted for a long time. 
and has made no bones about. What kind of darkness is that? Does everybody have a dollar amount? Does everybody have a price where you're willing to say, at this millions of dollars or this housing development or this that I'm in with the pharmaceutical company, that's my dollar amount. I will stop caring about people once I get that money in my account. Because I don't have that. I don't understand that. I don't know how we can stop asking questions. I don't know how we can stop being fired and canceled and pushed back and shut down and put in the dark and not rise up and resurrect again and again and again and again for as long as it takes. Because that's how I feel. I don't need a pin to tell you how I feel. There's no debate. There will be a judgment day. I just want to be here to see it. And the asterisks in the World Book Encyclopedia or on Wikipedia. The details, the fallout for these people. That shows how they were impeached or imprisoned in shame right now isn't close to being enough. Because we want our country back. Those aren't wistful words. I'm not wishing for it. I'm saying that's what it is and that's how it's going to be. I'm not going to negotiate that. Because when you don't have a price tag, because you know North is North, you don't stop. And we will not stop. A lot of calls for Benjamin Netanyahu to stop. Stop with the bombing. Cease fire. Stop, stop, stop. Why on earth would Benjamin Netanyahu listen to anybody when he realizes that the destruction of Hamas is the only option? Well, we're going to listen to John Guandolo, our national security expert. He's got some inside info on this you need to hear. Only next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.